0: Hello everyone and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands, I'm the Head of Content at B2B Marketing and I'm joined today by Catherine Lamb who is Global Head of B2B Marketing Strategy at HSBC. So Catherine, thank you very much for joining me today. Before we begin, could you please just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at HSBC?
1: Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. it's great to be here. Yes, I'm Catherine Lam. I run the global B2B marketing teams at HSBC, covering our commercial bank and investment bank. So that's everything from really small businesses, startups, through to large multinationals, and also other financial institutions on the investment bank side. And my team really sets the global strategy for our marketing plans in the markets. As well as running kind of the global programs and campaigns that act kind of as a sort of branding priming level uh, for local campaigns, and then I also look after customer insight and our martech globally.
0: Fantastic. And um, you know, it's obviously been a really tough couple of years for everyone in the world, um, and we've all heard about the challenges that B2B companies have faced in that time. But what challenges have HSBC faced from a B2B point, uh, B2B point of view? Sorry.
1: Yeah, so I think the challenge um, for HSBC has really been about supporting our business customers through that time. It's obviously been a period of great uncertainty, economic upheaval and, you know, things like supply chain disruption and the vast majority of our customers have been affected by that in some way or another. Some of them have needed more financial support, others have had to pivot very quickly, sort of digital or e-commerce models. Um, or reconfigure their supply chains, um, uh, and our role has really been to be there to support them whatever they're going through. For some businesses with branches being closed, they've had to switch to digital banking for the first time, and discovering that it's actually a lot easier than they thought. Um, For others, they haven't been able to get raw materials or supplies in the normal way, and they've had to pivot their supply chain or they've been dealing with much bigger peaks and troughs of orders and payments so managing their cash flow and working capital has become critical but that's what we're here to do you want your bank to be there for you in the difficult times as well as the good times
0: okay so um, you know with that in mind what strategies tactics things like that have you used to come out of the pandemic as as a stronger business
1: yeah, so I think there's three three areas that have really accelerated for us um, in that time. The first, I mean, I've already mentioned around digital. Uh, we've really seen an acceleration of digital services, um, and the take up of uh, of digital adoption amongst our customers um, ha- has really moved at pace, and that's been that's been fantastic. We've had to develop things uh, that perhaps were still a manual process. Um, in the background and make sure that they're fully sort of automated um, as well as deal with far more larger kind of numbers of customers who, who want to kind of bank uh, digitally and, and work out sort of ways of handling cash when kind of branches aren't open. So, but largely that, that kind of acceleration of digital has been a really positive thing. Um, and then the second impact has probably been around sustainability actually. The whole sort of ESG agenda has really come to the fore. Um, you know, it's been much more prominent both in consumers' minds um, as well as businesses, um, every, and, and the whole sort of range of, of ESG from sort of climate and environmental issues, as well as those social impacts of, you know, the impacts on your, your workforce. Um, and and your kind of, you know, how you're you're treating your people. And so, you know, we've had to kind of respond to that and work with clients who are either at very early stages of thinking about a transition plan, as well as ones who are really mature uh, and have been doing this for years, but are now needing quite sophisticated help. So sustainability has, has really come up the agenda. And then I think the third thing has been about um, really finding ways to use our network, our international network, to give our clients insights. Um, So as a a big international bank, we're sitting on masses of data um, about payment flows or trade flows. um, And we can see often, uh, you know, kind of how that's impacting certain sectors or certain types of clients. Um, And that's really useful to to our clients. So we've been able to really kind of improve the sort of uh, the insights and and support that we can give our clients just from our own data. I guess before we
0: move on, I'd just like to pick up on that last point in particular. Um, One thing we've seen over the pandemic is that a lot of companies are are becoming publishers themselves, um, which might not be uh, great for B2B marketing as people start to take our our, uh, attention away. but is that something you've, you've seen across the market generally as well, that B2B brands are all sort of becoming publishers and they're all sort of sharing content with people?
1: I think good quality content. Um, it, yes, absolutely. It is, is hugely important. And in a virtual environment, that's been the main way that you can kind of engage, whether it's video content or, or kind of articles and, and sort of longer form um, things. I mean, like like most people, I think we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw virtual events go through the roof, right? (laughs) You You could attend at least three webinars every day if you wanted to. And you can do some amazing things on virtual event platforms these days. But I think you know the, the fatigue with uh, with webinars also set in quite quickly. And what we've seen um, as an upsurge really maintain around is podcasts, actually, and absorbing content in that way where you can do something else at the same time. I guess, um, and you can it can be long form or short form. But uh, you know that, that so that ability to kind of repackage your content. In many different ways and make it really available for people on any platform and short or long. I think that's, uh, that's, you know, where you can be really useful.
0: Mm. And are there any, um, you know, particular technologies? So, you know, Martech that you found particularly interesting or exciting in this time?
1: Um, Well, we've made a lot of progress with our MarTech over the last couple of years. Um, You know, we've got a a customer data platform and kind of automation, intelligence and and optimization mostly in place now, certainly across our major markets. So I think the challenge for us has been less about the technology, uh, to be honest, which is mostly there. It's about integrating it um, with business uh, technology. So using connecting our marketing data with our business data and then being able to optimize it real time. And that's more about having the people in the right places um, and the skills uh, to to be able to do that. So what we're finding now is that uh, it's it's about, you know, really your operating model and whether you've got your teams lined up to use the technology um in in the best possible way and really having it integrated with your business data
0: yeah and, and, and on that point um at our recent conference martecopia one of the key takeaways that came out of that event was the the need for you know greater integration i mean marketers have all this great data but actually getting it to connect and linked up link up in any sort of sensible way is quite a difficult thing to do i mean Are are there any ways you're finding that are are useful in integrating that data? Maybe like a marketing operations department or or something along those lines?
1: I think it's less about structure, honestly, and more about finding a, a common problem or use case that both the business and marketing feels are valuable. So if you can focus on a customer pain point, um, or an opportunity for the business that that marketing can bring something to, then you'll find everybody comes together to want to solve it. Um, and a, we found we don't you don't then need structure or kind of formal kind of reshaping of teams to do that uh, because you've got a common goal. So we've put a lot of focus on just trying to get really good use cases and really understand the pain point or the problem for the customer that we're trying to solve, and then. And then you know integration it kind of happens naturally,
0: hopefully. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, moving on, and something I wanted to talk about in particular, a little bit, a little bit futuristic. Um, you know, I see that HSBC recently purchased a virtual plot of land in Sandbox. Um, so, effectively, as I understand it, you might disagree, but I kind of see it as sort of a like a game VR sort of landscape in the um, in the metaverse. So. Can you tell us a little bit about sandbox and why you wanted to buy this this piece of digital real estate
1: yeah so um we are a big sponsor in, in some major sports so rugby golf um badminton in asia and uh so we have a huge following on our social media platforms around those sports that we um that we support And so it felt like the right thing to do to build a virtual sports stadium basically and connect with e-gaming kind of um consumers who and then there's a massive sort of sports community online obviously uh, that's kind of uh, some of whom are are kind of moving into that metaverse so so that's so we felt that was relevant um and kind of uh, connected with our brand and what we're doing there already um, but the reason that we've gone there is really just to learn um, and because we feel that, you know, some of our future audiences um, are interested in the metaverse and are, are, are there. So I think uh, for us, it's a bit of a test and learn. Um, I think, you know, marketers should be experimenting and keeping themselves irrelevant. Um, I wouldn't suggest, you know, being in the metaverse or doing something like that if it's not something your customers are interested in or it's or it's not authentic to your brand um but we felt there was a good connection around sports um and we're there really to learn
0: yeah and that leads me on to my next question so as you said then i i guess it's not a case of you know all marketers must do this now you know buy a plot of land in sandbox or be left in the dust for for time immemorial it's more about well well, in your case maybe future-proofing yourselves or is it more just about learning like you say
1: I think it's about being where your customers are so I think marketers you know we need to be present wherever our audiences are and that includes your future audience right and increasingly they're spread across many many channels and platforms you know you can't just sort of uh, think about TV and radio, you know, like perhaps you could in the old days. So I, th- I think you need to go where your customers are. And, and for us, we knew some of them certainly um, are, are active in that space. Um, and, and then it's also about kind of learning and testing in a, in a safe environment where you can sort of explore. Um, If it's not relevant to your brand uh, or your customers aren't really there, then you do risk not being authentic or just kind of doing it for the sake of it. And I I don't think I'd sort of recommend it if that's the case. Um, but, But, you know, I think you need to stay creative and innovative. So, you know, if you can test and learn in a small way, and then you should be doing that across all sorts of platforms, not just the one of the moment.
0: Yeah totally fair enough Um, and we'll move off of the metaverse as well uh, shortly because like like you say it's all very much um, quite theoretical at the minute and quite you know it's early days really isn't it but how do you think that it might change the way that B2B organisations do go to market and actually engage with their customers even if we're talking you know 10 years down the line?
1: Yeah I think it's probably a little too early to tell or whenever there's a new kind of technology like this is you know there's often a huge amount of hype around it and then things will settle down and you'll see sort of more clearly who are the early adopters and whether there's likely to be a kind of mainstream uh, kind of um desire for it but at the very least the metaverse is going to be another channel that marketers need to be familiar with um, and uh, what it does certainly offer is a way to engage with your, your audience and interact that we haven't seen before. So I think that chance to kind of um, to, to get really real time insights and to uh, and to communicate in a very sort of quick sort of um, human way, actually. I mean, it's not it, it needs to not be corporate. Uh, for it to work is what I mean by by human and so you know that's a a way for B2B businesses uh, to to be kind of relevant and authentic I guess Um, yeah but but don't get involved just for the sake of it I guess is no
0: I don't want to get involved anyway to be totally honest the second everyone's on the metaverse I'm going to just go live in the woods wear a blindfold and just keep away from it okay um okay so moving on then and um i just want to talk about you know banks in particular because i think it's fair to say that you know the old banks of the world had a really strong foothold in the market and obviously they still do um but i can imagine you know you're facing quite a lot of stiff competition from the likes of monzo and starling bank you know these banks that seem to appeal to a slightly younger audience so you know, with that in mind, how are you actually competing with these banks from a, from a brand point of view? You know, is it a case of sticking to your guns and saying, you know, we're, we're trusted or is maybe a brand shake up on the cards?
1: I genuinely think there's a lot we can learn from each other. I mean, the challenger brands have brought a new approach, particularly to servicing and customer experience that is super easy and convenient. Uh, they really know how to put the customer first. They've got no legacy systems to kind of worry about. And the traditional banks have a lot to learn from that. Um, On the other hand, I think the offering from the challenger banks, at least today, is pretty narrow. You know, it's a a fairly basic account and sometimes some lending. Um, And most of them can't or don't want to service complex needs of a large or international business and, and, and they don't want to take on the risk of the regulatory pressures involved with that. So I think there is a way to have the best of both. You know, certainly learning from the FinTechs and we're partnering actively with many of them. Um, I don't think the traditional banks are trying to stick to their guns though. They're putting a lot of effort into disrupting and transforming themselves. And their challenge really is to do that fast enough uh, before some of the challenger banks get to real scale. On the other hand, what you saw during COVID was a flight to quality and brand safety, um, and I think there was a real concern from some customers that this, their new bank might go out of business. So people aren't closing their accounts with the traditional players anytime soon. But we, we definitely have a lot to learn from each other.
0: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned there that you know one of the challenges from a big bank point of view is that speed to keep up with the, with the change. I mean how do you overcome that sort of that sort of challenge because I can imagine there's so many moving parts in a bank like HSBC you know you the the challenge of, of changing things significantly must be must be a huge one
1: yeah and, and I think you know agile um, has really helped there and you know as we mentioned a, a little a moment ago you know in terms of trying to think about how you apply your Martech um, rather than you know sort of letting the structure get in the way, which, is, which is, can sometimes be the problem for a big organisation, if you can kind of coalesce around a problem and come together to solve something quickly, then actually the traditional players can move pretty fast and then they have a lot of resources um, at, their, um, at, at hand to be able to kind of throw at that. The, the problem is when kind of, you know, uh, structure or geography kind of gets in the way um, and so we're we're, we're learning, and, uh, but I, I think an agile kind of framework and mindset has really helped us there to be to really think about the customer first. What's the what's the real problem you're trying to solve, uh, and the value you're trying to build for the for the customer, and stay very very focused on that. Build quickly, don't try and perfect it. You know, get it out fast, um, and and kind of you know learn and iterate as you go.
0: Okay, fantastic. And on the theme of um, customers, you know, HSBC obviously has uh, a B2C aspect of it as well. So, you know, with that in mind, how do you actually work with your B2C counterparts to ensure your brand is cohesive across all aspects of the business?
1: We take brand really seriously at HSBC and I'd like to think we do it quite well. Uh, We have a really clear brand strategy and purpose. So we're here to open up opportunities for our customers. And that runs across all of our business lines and connects into our business strategy. So it's real and meaningful internally. And it's not just something that's painted on by the marketing department. It's, you know, it's part of the business strategy. And that makes it much easier for it to be cohesive. But then we also have a very visible brand partnership strategy with our sponsorship of major international airports, of rugby and golf and, and other sports. And all of the business lines benefit from the reach and awareness that that creates. Um, And then within that whole framework, we have a very tight kind of look and feel to how we go out to market, um, which B2C and B2B are fully kind of aligned with. And we also share some big global agency relationships for things like our media buying. So generally, we're quite well coordinated on the big things. There are always places where we trip up over each other occasionally, but it, it, it tends to be the exception.
0: Yeah, and, you know, brand is, is something we've seen over the last two, three years or so. Um, seems to be coming into much sharper focus um, amongst B2C and B2B businesses. I mean, you mentioned there, I think, that brand is a real part of your, of your business strategy. It's not just, you know, something slapped on the top. Um, Is it something you feel has become more important in HSBC over the the course of the pandemic or was it always central to the business strategy?
1: I think um, brand and customer and marketing are now becoming synonymous and i think the danger for marketers is is when they're they're not really integrated with what the customer experience is and and what the business is delivering as customer value and so then brand can get a bit disconnected as kind of uh you know something that's just about the big advertising campaign i think we've seen a real coming together of customer experience and marketing um, and a recognition of the role that brand plays in that because you, you can um, draw kind of real value and metrics. You can see a, a straight line between kind of the impact that brand has on NPS, for instance. Um, and that has really helped kind of um, look at the customer in a total kind of picture.
0: Yeah, totally fair enough. And um, my final question for you, and then I shall, um, I'll shall let you go into the nice sunny weather we're having currently anyway. <laughs> Um, you know, not too long ago, I think, you know, it was probably the norm for bank customers, you know, to head into the physical bank, handle their finances there, you know, speaking with a, with a manager one-on-one. Um, but obviously nowadays, you know, at least 90% of that is done via an app. Um, so with that in mind, I would assume that UX is actually becoming increasingly important from a, from a customer satisfaction and retention point of view. But is that something you're seeing as well? And, you know, do you think the same notion applies to B2B customers?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, digital is equally important to business customers. And going back to the CX point, what we're seeing is that our B2B customers are demanding the same levels of speed and ease and convenience that they get in their consumer lives. Um, And so they want that from their bank as well. And we, we, we have to respond to that. So in the last couple of years, as I mentioned before, we've really kind of accelerated our digital agenda. And what we've seen is that customers who are frequent users of our mobile app and digital services are also more satisfied. They buy more products and they tend to have higher NPS. Um, And so there's a kind of virtual circle, if you like. And and, and certainly, you know, the UX experience is hugely part of delivering on that, Um, but it's also a, a really positive reinforcement for your brand. So having a strong kind of look and feel and learning across uh, digital experiences that you're building for your customers, knowing what works, um, what the shortcuts are, you know uh, how to kind of really support customers through the best journey is something that marketers need to be savvy about, I think.
0: Fantastic. Well, Catherine, I think we'll leave it there. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the B2B Marketing Podcast. Um, to all our audience as well, thank you very much for listening. Um, And we'll see you again soon. So Catherine, thank you very much. Brilliant, thank
1: you for having me. Bye.